up next on Moody Presents. I want to praise you again, worship you. I want to live for you again, God. I want the guilt to be off me, God. I want the freedom to be there. I want to love you again and feel your love back, God. I want to embrace you and know that you're embracing me. I want to walk close to you and hear your voice, God. I want restoration and renewal. Hey, welcome, friend. This is Moody Presents, featuring the Bible teaching of Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today, we continue our two-part study on repentance. Specifically, we're working through five effects of unconfessed sins that can hinder us from giving our whole heart to God. Stay with us for this important second half of a message that we started a week ago And if you have a Bible handy, we'll meet you in Psalm 51. Right now, here's Pastor Mark with Moody Presents. I want to just clarify a point here because I think it's worthy of clarification. Um, Oftentimes, people misunderstand this. And the Bible tells us that we are all born with a sin nature. Ever since Adam, the, the sin nature has been passed down through the seed of man. When a man and a woman conceive, the sin nature is passed down through conception. So when your child was born, when you were born, you were born with the sin nature. Now what does that mean? Does that mean that you were born with sin? No, it means that you were born with the predisposition to sin. It doesn't mean that you have sin in your life, but it means that when you're old enough and you have the chance, you will sin. Notice what David says in verse six. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. Teach me wisdom in the inmost place. You know what happens when we sin and we don't want to repent is that we start lying to ourselves deep inside. Uh, Do you realize that a lot of people are very dishonest with themselves? And until they get truth in their inward parts, they lie to themselves about their sin. And until, uh, this is what David says to God, I know you want me to be honest and truthful inside. And sometimes when we're sinning, we we don't want to be honest and we don't want to be truthful, so we lie to ourselves so that we can continue on it. But God takes us to the point, conviction takes us to the point where where we become honest with God and honest with ourselves, and we stop playing the game of deception and we're honest and we have to say, yes, I have sinned against God. I have sinned in my life. And he says, you desire truth in the inward parts. Teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Hyssop was a plant that they used for ceremonial cleansing. And I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Uh, He says, the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Here's what I want you to understand. When you're truly repentant, you're gonna desire to be clean. And not only do you desire to be clean, you desire to be restored to God, to the right place where God wants you to be in. What happens when we're, when we're not repentant? Let me tell you, 
If you're here this morning and you are living with unconfessed sin, major areas in your life that you have not confessed, that you have not dealt with, that you're just living with, let me tell you what's happening in your life right now. Number one, a wrong spirit. Verse 10 says, restore right spirit within me. You have a wrong spirit. Your spirit's not going to be right with God. It's not going to connect with God. It's going to be in the wrong place. It's not going to hear from God correctly. It's not going to understand the things of God. The spirit part of you is the part that hears the messages from God, and so your spirit's going to be wrong. Uh, Secondly, you will feel separated from the presence of God. In verse 11, he says, do not cast me away from your presence. Not that God has abandoned you, but it's when, when you sin... Your sin comes between you and God. God doesn't leave you, but your sin does not allow you to see God clearly or experience his presence. Uh, For example, if, if I have something that blocks me, these lights are here, but if I put something in front of me, these lights are still shining, but I don't feel the effects of the light on me because something is blocking them. Sin is that way. God has not left us, but sin blocks his presence from us, and although he is still present, we don't experience the power of his presence. We don't experience the, the depth of his presence in our life. Thirdly, you lose the joy of your salvation. Uh, David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. There's something, about, there's something about being right with God that gives you a sense of joy. I'm right with God. God is good. He's on the throne. Life may be crumbling, but I know he's there. You know what joy does also? Joy gives energy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you find yourself With unconfessed sin, undealt with sin in your life, it'll take away your joy, which will lead to a drain of your energy, which leads to a shadowing of the presence of God, which leads to a wrong spirit within you. Verse 13, it'll take away your desire to witness or to tell other people about Christ. Verse 14, your inner song will be gone. It'll take away that spirit of singing and worship in your life, and praise will be gone. It'll rob you of your ability, desire, and urge to praise Him. So you will still be a Christian. Notice what's not gone. Your salvation is not gone. But you can be saved and miserable. There's no worse place to be Then someone that's tasted of the goodness of God, you've experienced the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, you've been born again, but you're living with unconfessed sin in your life, so all the benefits here in this life of your salvation are sort of taken away from you, so although you know that you're a believer, you're not walking in the fullness of where God wants you to be. How many of you know it's a miserable place to be? Have you ever been there? Oh, man, it's miserable. It's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to be saved and not right with God. It's just an awkward place to be. You can't go to the world because you don't belong in the world. And some of us, when we're in that state, we try to go to the world. I just might as well go to the world. You go out there and feel like, eh, I don't belong here. I'm going to try to act like I'm of the world. Or bring out that old language. Yeah, blah, 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 blink, 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 this. And 
I'm back, here I am. And you're talking, but inside something's telling you, no, it's not you anymore. It's like you're putting on an act, you're trying to behave, it's like you're acting like, but, but inside something keeps telling you, that's not you, that's not who you are, that's not where you belong, you're not there anymore, these people aren't your people anymore, and now you're caught in a terrible place because you can't go out and be of the world because inside you don't belong. And when you go to the people of God, you're unconfessed sin, so you feel a little bit miserable. So, hey, you're miserable in the world. You're miserable in God. You're mi- hey, you're just plain miserable. It's a bad place to be. And that's why David says, hey, he says to God, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Now, when did God crush David's bones? God never crushed his bones, but David felt crushed. You can feel, have you ever felt crushed in your spirit? You're under conviction and your bones feel crushed. And when you, when, when you live with unconfessed sin, it's like this wet blanket on your life and it drags you down and you're miserable. You wake up grouchy, you go to bed grouchy, you lack energy during the day. You know you want to pray, but every time you pray, you get under conviction, so you don't really want to pray. You need to be in church but because you're supposed to be and you don't want to leave God, but inside you don't want to deal with your sin, so you go, you sit in church, your arms are crossed, Hey, you know, God's dealing with you. You feel convicted. You don't really want to be there, but you know you should be there. Man, it is a miserable existence. David said, that's, that's where I was at. Lost my joy. Weren't living for you. And when he started to repent, he said, restore the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit. Sustain me, God. Listen, here's what I know. If you're here this morning and, and, and you're a prodigal, obviously you're not a physical prodigal because you're here. But you can be a spiritual prodigal and still have your body in church. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Your body's not out there, but your spirit's a prodigal. You can be physically present and spiritually have run away from God. How you doing, sister? Eh, then all right. How's your spiritual walk? Yeah, you know, it could be better. I'm okay. Really inside you want to say, I'm here, but my heart's not here. My spirit's gone. I'm fighting God. I'm running from him. He's calling me, but I'm resisting his spirit. I don't want to go back. I know what he wants me to do in my life, but I'm saying no, 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 no. And he's tugging, he's pulling. I don't want to go because I know I'm going to have to give up some things. I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be hard. I know I'm going to have to confess. I know I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to have to make things right. I know I'm going to have to talk to people. I don't want to go there. And so you're in a prodigal state. You can go to worship, you can go to home group, and your spirit can be prodigal. And David was a king, and he was in the temple, and he was doing all that he was supposed to be doing for a year, but in his spirit he knew he was far from God. He wasn't where he needed to be. Oh, it's a tough place to be. 
It's a hard place to be. You know what? In Psalms 42, he says, the deer longs pants after the water brook, so my soul pants after you. You see, when you're a prodigal, you know you're thirsty. You know you're hungry. You know you long for something, but the very thing you long for is the thing you're resisting because you know God's gonna take you down the path of brokenness. So you fight it, but really, it's what you need. It's what God is trying to offer to you. And so, the fourth thing is found in verse 13. And by the way, Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The, the fourth thing that we see here is freedom and in worship instead of lifeless religious duty. David says, God, when you cleanse me, when I feel like I've been cleansed, oh God, when I've repented truly, Lord Jesus, and, and when, when I'm washed in my spirit, then I will teach transgression your ways, and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You see, when you've truly experienced repentance, then what God does is he opens up the well of your mouth to begin to worship him truly in spirit and in truth. You want to worship. And when, when you're not repentant, it's, it's, really, it's really hard to worship. But when you come to the place of repentance, then you have a hunger to worship God. Why? Because he's done so much in your life. You feel like you owe him so much. You want to worship him. You don't say, well, I'm going to skip the singing, the worship part, you know, and then I wait for the message. No, 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 no. You want to worship. And that's not just singing on Sunday morning, but you want to worship God. And, and you're not concerned about what other people are going to think or say because when you're worshiping God, it's not about others. It's about God. A repentant heart says, I love him because he's done so much for me. I am free to worship him. I can raise my hand. I can bow my head. I can fall on my knees. I can cry and I can weep and I can laugh and I can sing and I can rejoice and I can dance if I want to because God has done so much in my life. It frees you up in the spirit of worship. Oh, it liberates you to worship God. It's like a fountain that's been clogged and it unclogged and all the praises of God come out because now you give him the worth that he deserves. It's liberated you, freed you to worship God. That's a repentant heart, a renewed heart, wants to worship, wants to flow in adoration, can't be contained. It cannot be stopped. And a quick reminder, you're listening to Moody Presents with our speaker, Dr. Mark Job, who is president of the Moody Bible Institute. He's describing the five effects of unconfessed sins. And number five on that list is coming up next. Little hint here, it has to do with the heart. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you to go to our website, moodypresents.org, where you can listen to our entire series, Deeper going beyond shallow spirituality. Maybe this is your very first time with us in this series or first time with us on the broadcast. Well, welcome. 
And if you did miss any of those messages, they're right there online at moodypresents.org. You'll discover that going deeper is a process. And we really start at the beginning of the story of King David, working through how important it is to gain spiritual insight for our own lives. The website, again, is moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. Well, let's get back to our teaching now with Pastor Mark as we finish up our message called Repentance. Fifthly, is heartfelt brokenness instead of striving for penance. You see, David says to God, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it to you. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I wish we could just bring an offering. It'd be easier. God says, I don't want an offering. Don't bring me a lamb or a pigeon. Don't bring me a gift. I want more than your service. I want your heart. You see, oftentimes I believe that we try to get rid of our guilt through cheap ways. God is convicting us of our sin and we feel guilty over it, so we say, you know, next time the offering comes around, I'm going to double it. I'm going to give God an extra gift. And it makes you feel good for a moment, but you know what? God doesn't want that. He wants your heart first. You feel bad inside. You feel convicted over something, so you say, I need to feel good, so I'm going to go see my mother-in-law. Okay, all right, I'll pick up a Connie's pizza. Take her Connie's pizza here. Spend an hour with her. Well, that should count for a lot, God. And you feel good because you've done a good deed. But listen, God says, I don't want that. I don't want your good works to try to appease the broken and contrite heart. You say, okay, all right, God, you know, I'm going to read my Bible, or I'm going to fast, or I'm going to pray, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And God says, I don't want your sacrifice. I don't want your penance. I don't want your 20 prayers that you pray for this sin. I don't want that stuff. That's not enough. What I want is I want a heart that's broken and contrite before me that says, God, I am seriously sorry and regretful over this so much so, God, that I want to change. I want restoration. Create in me a new heart, God. I want to praise you again, worship you. I want to live for you again, God. I want the guilt to be off me, God. I want the freedom to be there. I want to love you again and feel your love back, God. I want to embrace you and know that you're embracing me. I want to walk close to you and hear your voice, God. I want restoration and renewal. God says, that's what I want because a broken and contrite heart I will not despise. I'll come close to a broken and contrite heart. I'll be there. I'll minister. I'll refresh. I'll pour into a broken and contrite heart. Don't give me your cheap sacrifices. They're never substitutes for your heart. Don't get rid of your guilt in the easy, fast way. Don't alleviate your conscience with some gift that you try to give me some good work you try to do. Don't alleviate your conscience that way. I want your heart. I want your heart. And David says, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. You see, there's no way around it. 
Repentance is always part of the package. Let me tell you, you came to God through repentance. You can't come to God without repentance. Jesus talked about it. Repent and believe. John the baptizer talked about it. Repent and believe. Peter, repent, believe, and be baptized. You see, what he's saying is that I want you to believe enough that you believe it so strongly that you're willing to turn around from whatever you're doing and saying, God, even though this is easier and this satisfies me for the moment and this is a quick fix to my life, I believe that you are greater, that you are most satisfying, that ultimately you are worth more, and so I'm willing to give this up and turn my back on it and say, God, you are worth much more than all of that, and ultimately I repent and turn my back on it and I embrace you and say, you are my total satisfaction. Well, that's hard. And it could be anything. It could be anything. You see, for example, the way it works is this. You come to God just the way you are. I don't know what you, I don't know what you did this week. And to be, to be honest with you, I don't want to know. Spare me the gory details. But you could have come here and been out there this week. In fact, you could be here, and this happens a lot at, at New Life because we have a lot of people that are just coming to God and restoring their life. And maybe you're here today and you're living with your girlfriend. That's an example. And if you are, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in the house of God. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're seeking God and wanting to grow and wanting to learn. And you know what? We love you and we love your girlfriend too. And if you have kids, we love your kids too. That's just the way it is. We love you and we're glad you're here, even if you're living together. However, as you draw close to God, as you get closer to God, God's going to demand a choice on your life. As you draw close to God and you give your life over to God, God's going to say, you know what? She's not your wife. She's your girlfriend. you got to make a choice. Either A, the choice of chastity. In other words, you know, you, you, you just, you couch it, you move out you, because you're not married. Or B, you go down the road and you get married to her. All right? If you want God, some people say, I want God, but I just want to live with my girlfriend. And you come to a crossroads where God says, okay, you got to choose. Now, if you want me, you're going to say, I'm going to trust you, God. And although I love this girl, I love you more than I love this girl. And I'm going to do it the right way. So therefore, I move out of the house and I get myself ready for marriage. And if she loves the Lord and I love the Lord, we both get married and we do it that way. You understand that? There's a choice. That's called repentance. If I come to that place and I say, well, I want God but I also want my boyfriend or my girlfriend, um, I'm just going to keep living together and try to hang on to God. Then you've already made your choice. Your choice is, God, I'm not going to repent. And I choose my relationship over God. You have just made something bigger than God. That's called idolatry. To refuse to repent means I'm making something bigger than God. You just made your choice. You say, oh, Pastor, that's not fair. Quit picking on me. (laughs) Hey, there's a lot of other things we could pick on. We could say that about any other area of life as well. But I'm giving you an example. Repentance comes to that. 
Repentance means you have to say, I believe that God is bigger and better, and so therefore, I'm willing to believe enough that I turn around and I show the, and you say, well, pastor, I would, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall again. How many of you have thought that? I want to repent, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall back. Be honest. A lot of us. Man, I think everybody that repents things, I want to repent, but what if I fall back? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In your natural flesh, you will. That's why you need God's power and the power of repentance every day. You cannot live it on your own. You need the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit to sustain victory in your life. Because on your own, you will fall. That's why you live in an attitude of repentance before God, in an attitude of yieldedness before God, admitting, God, I can't, and I know I can't. That's why I need you. And I'll hang on to you, and when I am weak, God, I will cling to you and say, be my strength. And when sin comes and deceives me and says, go to it, it'll satisfy you right now. It'll make you feel better. And I want to grasp it. I think, yeah, but this will hurt God. And God, why am I drinking out of a dirty mud puddle when I could be drinking of the clear crystal water of the living God that satisfies and saturates my life and my wholeness? Why would I go there? That's repentance. The closer you get to God, the more He demands that you make a choice. There's no half-heartedness when it comes to following Him. Boy, great insights from our teacher, Dr. Mark Job, today on Moody Presents. And we encourage you to visit that website, moodypresents.org, where you can listen again or connect with us. We'd love to hear how this program is challenging or ministering to you. MoodyPresents.org. I'm John Geiger, and you've been listening to Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.